I was now a divorced woman. God couldn't use somebody like me. I was way too flawed, way too broken. It was done. Michelle Couchat had a pretty good life until she didn't. It fell apart in her 20s. Divorce shattered her dreams. Then, years later, a diagnosis of tongue cancer rocked her world. I was completely wrecked by fear. For the first time in my life, I was fully aware of the fact that I would not live forever. Spirits sing when I cannot find a song. Spirit breathe life into my lungs. Comfort my fears when they feel too strong. Through all of the brokenness in her life, Michelle has learned more about who she is, who God is, and just how much Jesus loves her. Michelle Couchat is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories, an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Michelle will share how her faith in Christ has been shaped by suffering. And we'll also hear from Billy Graham. He'll speak about suffering as well. God is in command and in control. Suffering is dated. Someday there will be no more suffering. You can learn more at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And if you didn't get an opportunity to catch that address, there's a link in our show notes as well. You can also get in touch with us through email, too. Our address is gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. I've really never known life without Jesus in it. I could see that to my mom and my dad, my dad especially, that Jesus was everything to him. And I wanted what he had. Michelle Couchat became a follower of Jesus when she was seven years old. Her family was all in for Christ. Our entire lives outside of school and work was really centered around uh, church and ministry and being involved in that faith community. It was such a central part of my growing up years that there was no way really to separate faith from everything else that happened in my life. It was it. When Michelle was 15, she went to a conference and discovered what she felt God had planned for her future. I really felt God calling me to full-time Christian service. I didn't know what that meant at 15, really. I just knew, I just felt in that moment a burning in my heart that I wanted to follow Jesus with my entire life. And so at that conference, I walked down another aisle and and told Jesus in this room full of people that I would follow him in full-time Christian service for the rest of my life. Michelle had a vision. It was to move to Africa and do ministry there. When she went to college, Michelle started working toward a nursing degree. At 21, Michelle married a pastor. Everything was shaping up just the way she thought it would. It really seemed like the makings of a Hallmark movie, like the perfect fairy tale, happy ending, this is what it's all about. However, uh, very quickly into that new marriage, I realized that there were circumstances that were happening that were outside of my control. And without going into detail that aren't really mine to share, um, my pastor husband had a whole secret life that I knew nothing about. And so here I was in my mid-20s. Uh, at some point in time in that marriage, I had a child. So I was a new mom of a baby, a boy, in this marriage with a pastor, and and everything was falling apart. And I'll never forget, it was six days before Christmas, 1998, um, I watched my husband drive away for the last time while I held my one-and-a-half-year-old in my arms. 
And I remember thinking in that moment that there were, there wasn't anything worse for a Christian than to end up divorced and that there was no way God could ever use me now that I was, I was excluded from any kind of ministry or work because I was now a divorced woman. God couldn't use somebody like me. I was way too flawed, way too broken. It was done. Now with her whole life in pieces, Michelle began to wrestle with God. I can't tell you how many times I prayed for God to save my marriage. And I still ended up a single mom, divorced and broke. What do you do with that? How do you make sense of a God that doesn't rescue like he, like you hoped he would? Initially, I responded by being really angry. I sat there and I kept thinking, God, I've given my whole life to you. I committed myself to you when I was seven. I promised to do full-time Christian service. I did everything right. And basically what I was telling him is, um, I did my part. What's your problem? Why aren't you doing your part? Those questions and that anger drove Michelle deeper into the Bible than she had ever gone before. And she learned an important truth that she had been missing. Ending up divorced, what it forced me to do is realize that I am just as broken as the next guy. Uh, I'm not any more righteous or perfect or holy than anybody else. I, I need Jesus's blood and redemption and salvation, just like everybody else does. And, uh, and it forced me to accept that uh, I have a flawed life, you know, that this life is not meant to be perfect. But just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's not good. God's goodness is definitely evident in Michelle's life, even though she's been through a lot of pain and suffering. Now, we'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. But first, here's what happened in the years following her divorce. After a couple of years of being a single mom and you know getting myself back on my feet, both spiritually but also physically, emotionally, I met a man at church who was also a single father. And uh, we thought it would be a fabulous idea if we just joined our families, right? Because doing a blended family would be so much easier than doing it alone. <laughs> and I laughed tongue in cheek because, you know, joining families together that have gone through so much pain and loss is never easy. It's never easy. He and I got married uh, when our boys were uh, nine, seven, and four and a half and became an overnight instant uh, family. For the next decade, Michelle and her husband, Troy, worked hard on the challenges that came from having a blended family. But just when they felt like they had a pretty good handle on everything that was happening in life, Michelle had to face the unexpected once again. It was Thanksgiving 2010, and two days before Thanksgiving, on a normal Tuesday morning, I got a phone call from my doctor. I remember I just sent my two boys out, my three boys out the door. My husband was getting ready for work and the phone rang. I picked it up and on the other end was my doctor. And he simply said, I'm sorry, Michelle, it's not good. And what I found out that morning, two days before Thanksgiving, is that I had squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. In other words, cancer of the tongue. Michelle says that during the minutes, hours and days that follow that phone call, she was filled with extreme fear. I did not anticipate uh, the level of fear that would wreck me. I, for the months following that diagnosis, I was completely wrecked by fear. For the first time in my life, I was fully aware of the fact that I would not live forever. And having to wrestle with my mortality while still raising my children was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so over the months that followed, I had to really work through that fear. I'll never forget one day sitting on the bed in my bedroom. I was just crying because the fear was so incapacitating. 
And my husband looked at me and said, um, if you really believe what you say you believe, Michelle, it's only going to get better for you from here. And in that moment, boy, I can still picture it. I had to ask myself, do I really believe what I say I believe? I lead Bible studies. I travel and talk about the gospel. I share about Jesus. If I really believe what I say I believe, if I really believe that Jesus came, died, and rose again to take away the sting of death, if I really believe that he's gone to prepare a place for me, if I really believe that this life is just a blip on the timeline of eternity and that a day is coming when all things will be made new and I will be in God's presence, if I really believe that, then no matter what happens here forward, it's only going to get better from here. And him asking me that question that day was really a game changer for me. Now, the fear didn't go away instantly, but little by little, Michelle came to terms with her cancer diagnosis. She knew that Jesus still loved her, still cared for her, and was still in control. About eight months later, the Kushats had adjusted about as well as any family could under these circumstances. But God was about to shake up their world again. In the summer of 2011, a relative called Michelle and told her about three siblings from an abusive family that were in need of immediate help. It was almost like God just whispered to me in that moment, you understand something of what they're suffering, Michelle. I know you always said you would go on the mission field for me. I'm bringing the mission field to you. Are you still game? And so 24 hours later, my husband and I packed up our car with borrowed car seats. We went to another state and we picked up twin four-year-olds and a five-year-old and we started parenting all over again. And the best, just one of the best decisions we've ever made and also one of the hardest things we've ever done. Helping those three kids learn how to heal from abuse and trauma was incredibly difficult for Michelle and Troy. And then after they'd had the kids for about three years, Michelle's tongue cancer returned and more aggressively than before. And because of that, the doctors had to be more aggressive too. First, there was a surgery that removed one-third of Michelle's tongue. Then, another surgery where they removed the remaining two-thirds and rebuilt a new tongue with tissue and blood vessels from other parts of Michelle's body. Throw in chemo and radiation, and Michelle was experiencing a level of pain and suffering that she didn't even think was possible. During those initial parts of the treatment, my faith was strong. I, I believed so much in God's provision. But what happened is, is the pain got worse and worse and worse. And over time, when you have dealt with excruciating pain for long enough, it wears you down. And by the time April rolled around, April of 2015, after treatment was done, I was in so much pain. Uh, I, I lost my fight. I lost my will to live. I lost the desire uh, to keep waking up every day. There is a measure of suffering that is beyond self-determination, a human self-will to just keep pushing through. There is a level of pain and suffering that we can't bootstrap ourselves through. And when that happens, uh, we have no ability to even reach for God in those places. So what do we do then? And it was in those months that following, the months and years following that really, really dark place, where I learned that when I can't reach for him, God reaches for me. God reaches for me. Now, those aren't just words for Michelle. That is what she has been living each day since 2015. In fact, she still struggles to make the choice to get out of bed and live every morning. But Michelle has hope because she knows Jesus is with her. 
I started doing a study of the Bible from beginning to end, um, centered on the fact of God's presence. Uh, Because as I went through suffering, I realized that the worst kind of pain isn't pain itself, but it's how pain makes us feel alone. We equate the presence of pain with the absence of God, and that is the worst kind of suffering. And that kind of pain is worse than even my physical pain, the fear that God had left. And so I I knew I needed to get really clear on God's presence. So I started studying God's presence from Genesis to Revelation. And over about two years of studying that, I came to see that God's presence is the one solid gold thread throughout all of Scripture. God's presence is beyond imagination. And in some regards, so is the fact Michelle even has the ability to talk, considering all the surgeries and trauma to her tongue, neck, and mouth. The fact that I'm able to speak, eat, swallow, and drink is a miracle. I mean, it's just a flat-out miracle. It's, It's a wonder. I've done tons of speech therapy. I have chronic pain every day. What's interesting is the more that I talk and use it, the better my speech becomes. So in some ways... I need to keep talking about the glory of God. I need to keep talking about the gospel. My suffering, my pain, my difficulty causes people. I mean, even the fact that I talk with this horrible list, right? It it drives me nuts. I've made my living as a communicator. I train speakers for crying out loud. It drives me nuts that I speak with such an obvious flaw. And yet, what I find is, is when people hear me on the radio, They notice something's different, and more often than not, they actually lean in and pay attention because they hear the difference. And wouldn't that just be like God, right? The things that we think um, uh, disqualify us actually become the means of them seeing His glory. Nobody else could do that except for Him. It's amazing. God is amazing, even when we suffer, even when life is hard. And even with all she's been through, Michelle Cachat holds on to that truth. Her faith in Christ is that real. If you'd like to experience a relationship with God just like that, it can happen, and it can happen today. We'll tell you more at findpeacewithgod.net. I want to make sure you caught that. Find peace with God.net. Michelle's life has been marked by seasons of doubting God. She thinks that's okay. She'll tell us why in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. There's a vast difference in the attitude and approach to suffering on the part of the Christian and the non-Christian. Billy Graham. The child of God is a realist when it comes to suffering. The Christian does not allow suffering to use him. He uses it and makes it work for God's greater glory. The Apostle Paul gave us the Christian view of suffering when he said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. God is in command and in control. Suffering is dated. Someday there will be no more suffering. Just today I was reading in the book of Revelation, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Today, 
you could receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It would help you to face the suffering that you may now be enduring. Why don't you give your life to Jesus Christ and let his grace, love, and mercy sweep your heart and soul with joy? You can learn more about God's grace, love, and mercy at findpeacewithgod.net. And those three things you mentioned, Phil, grace, love, and mercy, are given to us freely by God through his son, Jesus Christ. But you're not alone if you happen to have times where doubts set in about that. Our guest on this episode of GPS, Michelle Cachat, has this to say about doubt. Let's put it this way. If you and I ended up lost in the woods, okay, if you and I went for a hike and we were lost in the woods, nobody would sit down and say, well, I'm lost. I guess we'll just sit here for the rest of our our lives. Nobody would do that. If we are lost in the woods, we're going to do everything we can to find our way out. We're going to pull up GPS on our phone. We're going to look for a trail map. We're going to look at the clues around us. We're going to find guides, people who have been there before to lead us out. The same is true with doubt. Doubt's going to happen. Sometimes we're going to end up lost in the woods because life is hard and complex, and we're not always going to understand why God does or doesn't do what he does or doesn't do. However, if we will lean into doubt and follow it all the way through, wrestle with it, search for truth, lay it before God, ask him our questions, tell him what we don't understand, doubt will become one of the most beautiful, um, beautiful parts of our journey toward a deeper faith. It will be hard, it will be ugly, it will be complicated, but it will become a means to deepening our faith and strengthening it for whatever is yet to come. Well, Michelle has seen a lot of whatevers that have come and whatever is yet to come in her life. We are encouraged to know that her faith is solid in the midst of suffering. And we are also very thankful that she joined us today on this podcast. You can learn more about her ministry, writing, and more information about her in general at her website. It's michellecachette.com. There's one L there in her first name, Michelle. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E, and then her last name, C-U-S-H-A-T-T.com. And it may just be a whole lot easier if you want to look at the show notes. You'll see a link to the website there, too. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Thanks for listening to GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Oh, lift up my eyes and help me through the grief. Speak.